It's time to go into auto reverse with Tony and Matt, where we look at bands that were underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week we're going auto reverse on Cam. Can can. So this is a no. Yeah, I, I'm not ashamed to say this, but this is another Tony special because this is a band I know a little bit about. And you know uh, why I say ashamed to say it's like the only when I heard about them was during the kind of the hipster hullabaloo and what it was like ten years ago about Can. Everyone was talking about Can, mm-hmm. and the reemergence mm-hmm. and stuff. I don't know if it was in the late '90s. Uh, or was it in early 2000s? No, I think I think it was more like the real hullabaloo was probably in the aughts. So somewhere in probably 2005 into you know into 2008, 9, 10. You know, kind of like that. I remember there were books published. Uh, there was also the famous book that actually came out before the hullabaloo that uh what's his name wrote um the guy from teardrop explodes uh, uh why am i forgetting his name I know you're talking about so he wrote a book called the kraut rock sampler right like a little book and i actually borrowed it from a co-worker um, back then in, in the late aughts and it was it was that was definitely one of those books that kind of sent me on a on a journey right i read the book and got really um uh, inspired and, and looked for other things. Can was definitely, and Can's like a cornerstone of the not so greatly named Kraut Rock. That's really, it's movement. really horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Although they have a better name for it. Uh, I I think I even sent this to you. They call it uh, Kosmisch Music? Kosmischi? I, I can't, I'm not good with German. I guess it means cosmic music. Yeah, the way you said it, it sounded like it was Korean. Komishi? <laughs> like, like an episode of MASH. I was like... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this is terrible, terrible. No, it's uh, not. No, it's not. You know... But I don't know how to pronounce it, but I like that better. Yeah, the thing is, yeah. you you need it. I think there it, it, it fits them much better because it is... You know, it was, you know, a lot of times when I'm going through the playlist and listening stuff, I try to compare it to other things that are like either on par of it, like in terms of tr- bands that try to mix a lot of different stuff together, like Mandrill, mm-hmm. Do- mm-hmm. Donald Bird. Not Donald Bird wasn't the same. He just tried different genres. This I'm talking mm-hmm. about bands who try to blend a lot of different styles, and maybe Mandrill's the one that comes up to, the most. But this band just you know there's funk there's it's like why you know they have so many descriptions of it like avant funk yes you know psychedelic rock and um i you know i've it was kind of like avant jazz pop was something what i kept thinking when i listened to them because there's there's a lot of different things that they're trying to blend and truthfully sometimes it's not very it's i don't think they're trying to do it seamlessly Mm-hmm. No, well, no, not necessarily. And I think no. that comes to think is, you pointed it out, and uh, that they some of the main people in the band were influenced or taught by uh, Mr. Karl Heinz Stockhausen, 
who is, you know, a, a heavily um, into, what, what would you call that? Well, I would like, call him a, an avant-garde music. Yeah, composer. classical, yeah, yeah. classical, yeah. avant-garde yeah. classical music. Right, that, composer. Like, um, uh, well, that's the thing. The avant-garde uh, nature, the avant-garde nature, I, okay, let me put this in a better right. way. Let me frame it better. Avant-garde music and avant-garde sort of philosophy is a central tenet to everything, especially in Cannes' world. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's central to what they were doing. Now, is it that doesn't take away from the fact that it's groovy at times, psychedelic at times, mm -hmm. you know, almost eth ethnic music-ish at mm -hmm. times. It doesn't take away from it, but it is a central thing. It's kind of like it's it's the skeleton in a way that that all the rest of the stuff gets laid on top of. So, um, and like I said, and it's like you said, they all a couple of them. I think it might have been Olger and Ehrman yeah, or Ehrman, Jackie yeah, yeah, or Ehrman. They were Olger and it was Olger and Ehrman. Yeah, yeah, they were students of of Stockhausen, and then. And then they and then they t would talk to Stockhausen as they were making this music. So he was uh, he was like a, a you know um, uh, a mentor to them as well. So and and really things changed for for them when I guess um, Ehrman went to uh, Ehrman Schmidt went to New York in '66 before they formed to go hang out with Terry Riley. Lamont Young and Steve Reich, all avant-garde, classical avant-garde music music composers. He went to hang out with them, but then wound up at Warhol's factory, and he was hanging out at the Chelsea Hotel, and he saw the possibilities of sort of meshing avant-garde with sort of like modern pop music right. at that time. So that, to me, is really where the, 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 the idea of can started. And it wasn't long after that that, that can formed, so yeah, um, and the it, name, it worked right. And that, that's an actually an acronym. Can is there's it's two acronyms. So, well, not it's one acronym: Com communism, anarchism, nihilism, and then also can in Turkish. A lot of Turkish speaking people in Germany. All right, Turkish it means life, soul, heart, or feeling. So. Those two kind it's of, ama it's amazing. Those I love two, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, but you know, and, and I think that maybe they picked that because those two forces are ba basically, di you know, they're complete opposites and kind of intention and meaning. And not, not so much mm -hmm. communism, but anarchism and nihilism, obviously, are a little more, I wouldn't say dark. Similar. Yeah, similar, darker, not as, yeah. as life-affirming as, you know, yeah. life, soul, heart, beloved vitality. Or, or maybe they were just really high on on hash and just said this stuff and thought it was amazing. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I do remember when I was in Germany, when they would say the word can, it said, it did sound funny. So they, maybe they got some fun saying it, saying that shit, yeah. you know, over and over, but you know, it's, it's what the, these, what you're talking about, like these layers that they put onto on top of and on each other. It's because there is kind of like the, you know, like the funk, the James Brownish, you know, JB's type mm -hmm. elements to it. But it's like they never, I wouldn't say they get bored, but it sounds like a, a band that just likes to just venture. Like it's almost like they're sojourners, of sonic sojourners. 
Like they're not mm -hmm. really putting a stake in the ground. They're just going around from a little bit of here, a little bit of this, and baking a little bit of different styles, um, which probably they got a little bit from, like I don't know how much of that they got from the Warhol aspect, because the Warhol aspect is kind of more, in my mind, even with Velvet Underground, it has like a pop sensibility to it. Yeah, definite, definitely. And that, and I think that's what they did. They just like combined the two. And you know that the sort of avant-garde experimental part is central because they didn't even really give a shit about the singer in the band. And <laughs> I mean, this, I'm not yeah. saying they didn't give a shit about the the singer personally, but they used <laughs> they 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 used different singers. They had Malcolm Mooney initially, uh, American guy, and then they he left, and then they got. Demo Suzuki, who was busking on the street, and they were like, "Hey, you want to play a show with us tonight?" And then he didn't even know the songs, and he still wound up because because it was even the vocals were experimental and and not necessarily like they weren't trying to fashion three minute pop songs out of it. Right. it, it the vo the vocal just became another instrument that was layered on top of what they were already doing. And not as and and not so much like this hook or thing that they needed to create pop songs. It was just another, it was just another instrument, right? And if you listen to Demo, right, you know his rants, ranting, and sort of like it's almost it's it's almost like a again I've used this term too much, but I'll use it again. It's like shamanistic. It's sort of where he's just kind of it's like you're putting you into a trance by repeating the same sort of lines over and over again and it's like and and that really goes well with their music and so that that's what i'm saying the singer even though we know who they are they weren't necessarily like front, front men yeah, right so yeah yeah whatever it wasn't like that so this is that's what's great about this band is that um they were you know they weren't they weren't like other bands and they created a movement that would sort of signal punk it would signal post-punk it would signal uh new wave uh ambient music even hip-hop to a certain degree because i mean a lot of the early hip-hop um people um like uh, africa bombada and stuff they were like really influenced by craft work right another band from the, from the from the kraut rock uh movement so you know this it's really interesting these are the kind of things i always look for in music these like little pockets that are slightly misunderstood or not not publicized as much and but or or have, carry a lot of weight in terms of like what the influence that they projected out there um and it, it makes sense that hipsters like to, sort of gravitated towards towards it because it is weird and it's eccentric and it's it's cool and it, you know and it makes sense and the records are hard to find and they're right. expensive and and the yeah and it's just, and the imagery on the album covers is interesting and you're one you know you're wondering what the fuck is in inside of it like and it's just it's not just can it's like i'm on dual two craft work uh, right you know cosmic jokers there's all this stuff that's just like really interesting that came from a uh, post world world war ii fucked up country you know like germany in the 60s was still like you know not like it was still it was split in half essentially right. you had east and west germany and it was just not you know there was it was kind of like a wasteland um in term culturally and these guys took what they could find and got influence from west like sort of western 
pop music as psychedelic and what was happening then psychedelia they took that but they they created something different something new and we we got to give a, a big round of applause for that you know it's just it's crazy i don't know if i've ever seen you give anyone a, a round of applause I never even seen a, I've never seen you clap. I don't think I've ever seen you clap. Is what I'm getting at. You, yeah, you're, you're big not. on the head. You're big at the head nod. You're big head nodder when you like. I'm, a, I'm a head nodder. I'm a. I'm a. I'm, I'm a yeller. I, I like yeller. to yell at shows. Yeah. I like to yell at shows. Yeah, like uh, point, so. I, yeah, I'm not much of a clapper. <laughs> First album I saw from it was the Tagomago, and like you said about the album cover, it's just so arresting because it's got this bright orange on there, and it's got, it's uh, I'm trying to remember from memory. It's got like it looks like a brain on there. I don't know, but it was like, but the album itself, the music is just like all over the place in, in a really good way. Like the thing is, it doesn't seem. Uh, you know, it, sometimes I repel when I hear the word weird. It's like, oh, you'll like it. It's weird. And I'm like, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not, I, like, weird doesn't mean much to me. I, be, but I think what I liked about this, it was interesting in a way that they were trying to, you could see where they were, what they were trying to go for. Uh, they were trying to find these little interesting pockets or fa- like kind of taking their sound in different directions. Whereas someone who's just trying to be weird. You know, like uh, I don't even want to get into who, like examples of who, but it was a, but it was a real when I. They're not nothing that they do, and I think one of the things I kind of dismissed them a little bit when I first heard them was they were very soundtracky, which is sounds like a, a put down, but it's actually a really positive thing because soundtracks can like when listening to this playlist, I found that I really liked it when it was in the background, like it never really. <clears throat> It never really begs for your attention. It can really sit there in the background and kind of you're listening to it, and it's not demanding that you. It's not saying, "Hey, hey, over here, over here, over here." It's something that bl- it blends into your environment that when you're listening to it. And I follow. That's what I really came to like about you know listening to the pl- the playlist that you made is that these are very soundtracky like songs that really are very well blended in a way that's not both that's not predictable and it's using different instruments in different ways and going for different soundscapes that are I don't know it's like it it makes you like it doesn't make me wonder as much as it just kind of it's like I kind of nod to it a little bit like you were talking about clapping like I just nod and like oh that was that's an interesting kind of little thing you did there because I wasn't expecting that and that's what you expect from you know, avant-garde jazz, not uh, funk, not as much, but like avant-garde music, especially where it's like Tagomago is a little bit more noisy, uh, where it kind of talks, you know, kind of the, you know, the, the precursor to more noise rock. 
Um, I can see where it was definitely influenced in that, especially, but um, yeah, I mean, the ask, like the having a band that could do soundtrack music, and I think they actually did a bunch of soundtracks as well for German movies, right? Yeah, the first album, or the second album, sound, I think it's called Soundtracks, was made at, to be a soundtrack to a, a few, like some a German television, I can't remember. It, it eventually was released as its own album with the name soundtracks under it but yeah there was always this this idea of using it um using the music to as an actual soundtrack to something the, also the way that they recorded apparently if i'm not i i'm if i'm not mistaken this is like deep knowledge they rehearsed in a theater in an abandoned theater that they were um squatting in right and mm -hmm. that's where they they rehearsed there and they i think they may have recorded there with connie plank as well um and or maybe not with connie plank i can't remember I, like i said i i, mm -hmm. I don't want to like right, right but that but the fact that they would rehearse and record in a theater in this big space probably added to that if you think about it from the from the standpoint of the acoustics and the and sort of this like theater performance environment almost like a movie theater where right. like you could just see something being projected while they're recording or while they're playing um it's it's amazing to me and it's i, I, I could feel it in the bones of the band also i think and i think you were it you almost said it it's they're fearless yeah you know they're fearless was, yeah. but they're fearless without losing the groove do you know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. the head nod aspect of it. They're, the groove is constantly going. and But within the groove, there's all this experimentation, whether it's noise, whether it's some kind of weird yodeling vocal or yeah. some weird use of a, of a synth, of, you know, where they're like sort of like ushering in the more ambient aspects of their sound that they would later explore deeper in, on the album Future Days which is a really great album where it became more ambient. Um, so yeah, they were, they're a fearless band and, and also there was a lot of mystery. So you listen, you hear the music and it's very mysterious sounding. It's like, what country is this from? <laughs> yeah. What do these guys look like? Cause in a, a lot of cases, kind of like Pink Floyd early on, you don't even know what they look like. And they're making this really deep and another word that sucks but I'll say interesting music um, <laughs> and, and, but you don't know what they look like. And I think even uh, uh, Zukai, the, 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 the tape and what else did he play? Uh, maybe keyboards, right. uh, Holger, or maybe, no, I think he might've played bass. I think, hold on a second. I don't want to get this wrong. Cause I'm going to sound like a dummy to people that might be listening to this. So, oh, he played bass. That's hey. right. He played bass. So he said that, Tagomago, which by the way is my favorite album of theirs, uh, if I had to like choose one. Um, he said that the album, that Tagomago was an attempt to create mystery music a mystery music world from darkness to light and back. Wow. So, these guys, they really they really thought about this stuff. I mean, they, were, they, jamming, they, they were repetitive, or, or, but yeah. they, were, it was, they really thought about it, you know? Or they thought about that line. That's a good line. <laughs> It is such a good line. <laughs> so maybe they just, they just worked on that line for a little bit. It's just like, it's it, it's just, they were really, 
they were just they were one of a kind and 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 it just so, so happened that they were in this like rich scene you know it was it was disparate so like not the band not the, the bands didn't all sound like can i mean i'm on dual is similar but different craft work is originally really? yeah sounded more like can but then morphed into something else and there was just this you know and then you have noi from where the term motor re came from that kind of repetitive right sound uh so it's just like it's just such a great thing and it really it, from talking to the original uh, from listening uh, reading interviews of the original punks like uh johnny rotten uh, johnny Lydon and stuff like that um they got a lot from these bands it w really powered the punk movement um of just only a few years later in 76 77 so um you know and also in some ways they were like the brothers of Hawkwind. If you really think about it, Hawkwind was another band That's that an was interesting. pushing it out this, That's an interesting, this way yeah. too. And they were all, and they all knew each other. And it's because they shared this thing, this they had shared this collective idea of where music can go, that it shouldn't be, um, you know, caged in and 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 fenced off into this weird. Uh, you know, um, controlled uh, um, art form where you're, you're, there's rules and 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 you have to keep songs short and like they 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 were they were like they they didn't give a shit about that stuff. You know, they were they were like explorers. Right. And they, you know, they. I mean, I was looking through the their their history and it didn't seem. I mean, they basically had their one little run there in, from was it sixty eight to. Uh, was it 70? 70, 79, I think was the last Can record. Like I think, and it was called Can. I think it's the one with the with the wrench. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's kind of an no. iconic album cover. Not their best record, but still. Um, it, and that might have been one of the last, one of the first records well, of theirs I heard was the it, was the last record was the <laughs> one one that I got think I got turned on to in the 90s and i thought oh this is good but is there more like and then that's when i started exploring. yeah because they seemed like it was a very stuff it's, they seemed like as loose as their band was it seemed like a very intense band uh given that mm -hmm. you know how they broke up like what three times uh the moody yeah moody actually had to leave the band because his psychiatrist told him like look you can't you need to leave this band because you're in you're too much in the can chaos of you need to go somewhere else and do, you know. Yeah, there, there was just like Hawkwind, I, there was like a communal aspect to what they were doing. They weren't just a band that said, all right, I'll see you at five o'clock for rehearsals. It wasn't like that. Right. It was like they were living together. They were doing things together. There was a sort of anarchist vibe to, to their music. Like music was their weapon, yeah. right, that they were using to assault uh, unsuspecting people, unsuspecting music fans. Uh, it's why they loved incorporating this avant-garde element to it to, as a sort of like a way to challenge the listener, you know. And uh, they really, they fucking did a great job, man. And you know, and I, I would say that the more the more approachable or um, the more the the stuff that they did that was more approachable was definitely the stuff they did with Demo uh, right. Demo Suzuki. The so I would say ta uh, Tagomago, and I can't even pronounce this. E.G. 
Bamyasi, the, the record after, and then Future Days. Those three records, which is like sort of like phase two of yeah. the band with Damo, those are the records where it was the most like accessible and and eat and Egypt of Bamyasi being the most accessible of those three I mean if you just listen to the song spoon or vitamin C right. that's on the on that record those are just the those songs are just easy to listen to you know they're just easy to listen to well speaking of making things easy you you know Tony did a really good job putting the playlist together and you before you want to go looking at those albums I would take go please check out our your, our uh, can playlist because that really takes you through a good assortment of their music from their different stages and uh, I'm sure before if you want to jump off from that point it's good it's a great place to it's, it gives you an easy place to jump off if you want to go in deeper on can and their discography because it's not a really they didn't do a lot of albums but you, there's uh, there's a lot to kind of you know, take it slowly because it's like I've listened to that playlist like three times and got a different experience each one because it's it's there's a lot going on and that's a fun thing about music in this in this sense that people who do music on on this level is that it just points you into a lot of different uh, directions and experiences. So, you know, definitely check it out and definitely let us know what you think about this and if you have any other bands that you want us to check out at autoreversepod at gmail.com or Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. We promise to get back to you in three to four days because we're old guys and we got kids, and so we're not we're not we don't have our nose stuck in social media as much <laughs> as we probably should. We're, we're going to try to work on that though, uh, for but, sure. But uh, until next time, everyone. All right, peace.